0: The First Amendment should protect all kinds of ideas, opinions, everything. It doesn't protect a right to lie us into an insurrection, and that's what they're in trouble for. Yeah, uh, uh, are we Are we sure about that, Ari Melber? I'm not. Well, I
1: don't know why I came here tonight. Of course, he's a lawyer. I got the feeling there's something.
0: I'm just some gathering. I'm so scared in case I fall off my chair. So we'll see. And I'm wondering how i get down the stairs. Clowns to the left of me, jokers to the right. Here I am, stuck in the middle with you. I am... From Pacifica Radio in Los Angeles, this is the broadcast As heard on KPFK 90.7 FM in L.A., also in California in Red Bluff and Redding on KFOI and Round Mountains KKRN. Up in Oregon on the Central Coast on KYAQ, Cottage Grove's KSO, Eugene's KEPW, Lanchester, Pennsylvania's W News, Maui, Hawaii's KAKU. In Columbus, Ohio on WGRN, Palinville, New York's WLPP, Rochester, New York's WRFZ, down in New Orleans on WHIV, out in Gallup, New Mexico on KNIZ, Concord, New Hampshire's WNHN, Fayetteville, Arkansas's KPSQ, in Seattle on KODX, Jamesville Wisconsin's WADR and Minneapolis-St. Paul's, AM 950, KTNF. We also stream coast to coast and around the globe every day on the internets on the Progressive Voices channel. Netroots Radio, Radio for Humans, NicoleSandler.com, Radio Free Brooklyn, Workforce Rising, No Lies Radio, Verdon Square Radio, Detour Talk, and most of your favorite podcast sites. Blanketing Planet Earth. I'm Brad Friedman, your friendly investigative blogger, journalist, troublemaker, muckraker, and all around swell fellow, says me from BradBlog.com. Thank you very much for joining us for another thrilling edition of the Bradcast. A couple of things right up front here. Uh, A, I am looking forward to having longtime. Uh, Fox News holder accountableer, <laughs> and now Media Matters CEO and president Angelo uh, Carasone uh, back on with us for the first time in in many many years actually to discuss some of his insights into the recently unsealed massive one point six billion dollar defamation suit against Fox News by voting machine company Dominion. Speak with him momentarily. I think he's got some keen insights on what this uh, suit could actually mean for Fox's future. And though I'll believe it when I see it, this suit could really spell trouble for them in ways above and beyond uh, that that $1.6 billion price tag. ...might suggest if they lose this suit.
2: Hmm, So some actual consequences maybe for once. Maybe. Maybe, we'll We'll see. We'll (laughs) see.
0: Also coming up a bit later, Desi Doyen. That was her voice just now. You just heard her. That was her right there. That was me. Hi. And she'll be here with our latest Green News report, which also happens to mark an absurd milestone... Namely, our 14th anniversary of the Green News Report. So we are now in our 15th year of connecting the climate change dots over your public airwaves. 14 years at it, Des, and we still have not solved global warming. It's a total failure. We suck. (laughs) Okay, some uh, trouble ahead. Not only likely for Fox News, but also uh, likely, as we've been telling you for our disgraced former president, as we continue today on Indictment Watch out of Fulton County, Georgia, District Attorney Fannie Willis and uh, her uh, special grand jury investigation that was looking at Trump and his supporters and their apparent broad conspiracy to try and strong arm election officials into stealing the election for him That He lost to Joe Biden back in 2020 in the Peach State. Well, a few weeks ago, as you'll recall, in a court hearing on whether to release the special grand jury's report, which we still don't fully know what's in it, Willis noted that charging decisions in the case were, quote, imminent. And in fact, just last week, the judge decided to release a precious few pages from that grand jury's report, which did not tell us too much other than they uh, recommended some of the 75 witnesses or so that they interviewed be indicted for perjury. That's all we knew. That's all we know. And now this on Tuesday afternoon, breaking from The New York Times. Let's see what you make of this, Desi Doyen. Okay. A special grand jury that investigated election interference by former President Donald Trump and his allies in Georgia recommended indictments on multiple people on a range of charges in its report, most of which remain sealed, according to the forewoman of the jury in an interview today. Hmm. Quote, it is not a short list, she said, that from forewoman Emily Kors. She declined to discuss who specifically the special grand jury recommended for indictment since the judge handling the case decided to keep those details secret when he made public a few sections of the report last week. But seven sections are still under wraps and they deal with indictment recommendations, according to Coors. Seven sections that deal with indictment recommendations. Ask whether the juries had recommended indicting Mr. Trump. Ms. Coors gave a cryptic answer, quote, "You're not going to be shocked. It's not rocket science. Adding quote, "You won't be too surprised."
2: <laughs> All right.
0: What does that mean? Does well, you, uh, and how does she know what will or won't surprise me, frankly? Uh, this is
2: a, that's so, that's actually a good question, wha- but my, my reaction yeah. to that is, wow, she writes good teasers. She should work <laughs> yes. in the media.
0: Yes, yeah, she really should. <laughs> yeah. What Do you have any idea what that means? Does that mean—well, um, she says you won't be too surprised. Is she saying you won't be surprised because Donald Trump is going to be in, uh, indicted? Well, or?
2: obviously your guess is as good as mine, but Uh-oh. because they have yes. Trump— you know, on video, I mean, on audio tape, mm-hmm. who, you know, trying to do exactly the thing that apparently is illegal under Georgia law about pressuring election officials. Seems like that might be what she's suggesting that, you know, well, that he'll maybe on the indictment list. You
0: may be on target here. Uh, the AP, um, I'm sorry, New York Times reports a focal point of the Atlanta inquiry is a call that Trump made on January 2, 2021, to Brad Raffensberger, the Georgia Secretary of State. In which he pressed RAF, a fellow Republican, to recalculate the results and, quote, find 11,780 votes or enough to overturn his loss. Ms. Coors said, quote, We definitely started with the first phone call, the call to Secretary Raffensberger that was so publicized. And then she went on to say, I will tell you that if the judge releases the recommendations, it is not going to be some giant plot twist, adding, you probably have a fair idea of what may be in there. Hmm. I'm trying very hard to say that delicately, she said. So I think she's saying indictments, that they're recommending indictments. Seems now. It, like it, sh- it's, it certainly seems like it. And uh, it, by the way, a special grand jury cannot actually... Uh, Issue indictments on its own. All it can do is recommend what they think should be done to the district attorney. And then that decision is up to the DA, in this case, Fonnie Willis, to decide whether to go to a regular grand jury and seek indictments. So that's about all we know. Uh, a precious few tea leaves there, but tantalizing ones.
2: Yes, she's basically (laughs) saying you won't be surprised about what's in our report. But that doesn't necessarily mean (laughs) indictments will be following. Because
0: indictments will be coming or you won't be surprised that there will be no indictments coming. I think it's the first. (laughs) I think it's the first, but that's what I've been uh, saying on this program for quite some time. All right. speaking of uh, a a bit more fun accountability news here today, before we get to Angelo Carasone. Project Veritas founder James O'Keefe, my good friend, said in a (laughs) uh, a speech posted online on Monday that he has been removed as the right wing group's leader, according to AP. So sad. Uh, In remarks that appeared to have been made at a Project Veritas office, O'Keefe said the board of the group had stripped him of all decision making. The move comes after the board reportedly put him on leave for his role as chairman amid... From his role as chairman amid complaints about his treatment of staff at the organization, which is known for using hidden cameras and hiding identities to try to trick journalists and college professors and left leaning politicians and liberal advocates into embarrassing conversations, usually taken wildly out of context in hopes of, you know, revealing some sort of liberal bias or another. O'Keefe, you know, calls it uh, ferreting out waste fraud and corruption or something. (laughs) Well, the real waste fraud and corruption, as you'll find, seems to be coming from Project Veritas. Anyway, he said uh, in the video, uh, so currently I have no job at Project Veritas. I have no position here based upon what the board has done. I'm packing up my personal belongings, he said. Well, fantastic. Good riddance, liar. Go find someone else to hoax into giving you money for actually hurting innocent people.
2: Yeah, don't let the screen door hit you on the way out.
0: In a statement released uh, later on Monday, I guess after the video, the group's board of directors said it had uncovered, quote, financial malfeasance and accused O'Keefe of spending, quote, an excessive amount of donor funds, on personal luxuries. Well, there's your waste, fraud, and corruption, right there, ain't it? According to the group, that included fourteen thousand dollars on a charter flight to meet someone to fix his boat mm. under the guise of meeting with a donor. Sixty thousand dollars in losses from dance events, and apparently, what these what refer, he apparently would put on these uh, musical theater shows about his life and Project Veritas, where he would play himself, singing and dancing his way into our hearts while wearing a (laughs) bulletproof vest. Really, that's what he did. Uh, He's a a frustrated musical theater actor, apparently. The letter also said from the board that he spent more than one hundred and fifty thousand dollars. In, quote, black cars in the last 18 months, presumably that's fancy Uber rides or something, and other things. Great use of all that money that you uh, dupes gave to Project Veritas, by the way, and their important fake journalism. Am I right, suckers? O'Keefe choked up and wiped away tears during his 45 minutes of remarks in the video. Well, I guess he didn't edit those down, did he? The announcement comes after the group's executive director and several board members put out a statement last week saying, quote, A number of our staff members provided leadership with some verbal feedback describing real management concerns regarding the treatment of people and our internal processes. Apparently, as New York Times reports on this, O'Keefe was characterized as a bullying boss who had a, quote, constant habit of publicly demeaning people. The uh, memo from the board also painted a picture of a group that's been struggling since it became public in 2021 that it was under Justice Department investigation in the Ashley Biden case. What is the Ashley Biden case? Well, last year, two Florida residents pleaded guilty to selling an apparently stolen diary and other items from President Joe Biden's daughter, Ashley. They sold it to Project Veritas Veritas, for some $40,000, according to prosecutors. So Project Veritas was not only apparently buying these stolen goods, but from the reporting that I've been reading about this over the past several months, uh, it seems like they were encouraging these two people to steal more above and beyond the diary in order to prove its authenticity. Now neither Project Veritas nor any staffers have been charged with a crime on this yet, and the group has said that its activities were protected by the First Amendment. That's what they always say, ain't it?
1: <laughs> but True. we'll
0: but we'll get to Fox News in a moment. Uh, Project Veritas, which laughably identifies itself as a news organization is, of course, best known for its hidden camera videos that have embarrassed news outlets, labor groups, Democratic politicians through the use of deceptively edited videos as they describe themselves as journalists, which they are not. O'Keefe, in fact, you'll recall, founded the uh, nonprofit group. 13 years ago now, on the basis of deceptively edited and presented videos that pretended that the decades old community organizing group ACORN, which registered low and middle income people to vote around the country and to help them get loans to purchase housing, that they were somehow secretly sex trafficking. They weren't. It was all Absolute, utter nonsense. It was all a scam by O'Keefe and uh, his partner in this, the now late Andrew Breitbart. Uh, And in fact, it was these videos that made Breitbart's name. Uh, but uh, corporate media covered these videos as if they were real as if they actually uncovered some kind of news videos which included O'Keefe dressed as a 1970s era black exploitation pimp suggesting that these acorn workers who we he went into the offices of were just so dumb or so corrupt they couldn't even recognize that this skinny 17-year-old white kid from New Jersey was not actually a 70s era black exploitation uh, stereotype pimp. In fact, O'Keefe had lied about all of it, and we took great pains to make that clear at the Brad blog at the time, as these acorn tapes were being reported everywhere, not just by Fox News, but by real legitimate media outlets. In fact, O'Keefe never dressed as a pimp while at these acorn offices, and I had to go to war at the time yeah. at Bradblog.com with outlets like the New York Times to prove that to them. After they had misreported it in story after story, and after I think it was about six months or so, I eventually got the Times to correct a whole bunch of their misreporting on the Ac- uh, on the uh, O'Keefe acorn pimp hoax. Uh, You can go to bradblog.com, Acorn Pimp Hoax, and read all my months of reporting on that special coverage. But by then, it was too late. Sure, uh, the Times and some other media outlets, NPR and so forth, corrected some of their reporting, but it was too late. These fake videos and their bad reporting on them by corporate media did Acorn in. They were forced to shut down. Donald Trump then a few years later came around, promoted O'Keefe because he loved him, because he watched Fox News, because he still pretended that what they were doing was actually real. And the uh, the Coke networks and others threw millions, millions of dollars in dark money at O'Keefe and this Project Veritas scam artists uh, according to AP in fact project Veritas uh, and their uh, according to their most recent IRS filing in Florida shows that it brought in more than 20 million dollars in revenue mm. in 2021 must be nice but you know, I tell the truth, that does not pay nearly as well. So we have to beg for $10 and $20 donations instead. Did I mention it's the 14th anniversary of the Green News Report?
2: <laughs> yes, I believe Which do. does not
0: include one fake, uh, deceptively edited video in it? Anyway, uh, Project Veritas's board suggests that they may want O'Keefe to come back anyway, since so much of the group is basically O'Keefe. Uh, We will see where it goes from uh, here. Hopefully it goes to jail regarding that stolen Ashley Biden diary. But uh, but perhaps I am just wish casting here. Anyway, we will find out as to hoping to hide behind the First Amendment and pretending to be a news outlet. Well, Angelo Carasone joins us next to discuss the very real trouble that Fox News may now be in as this $1.6 billion defamation suit by Dominion Voting Systems moves forward, revealing both Fox's business model and what all of this finally might end up costing them. That's straight ahead on the broadcast. I'm Brad Friedman. Don't touch that dial.
1: Trouble, oh, trouble,
2: can't you see? You're eating my heart away and there's nothing much left of me.
0: (laughs) Welcome back to the Bradcast. Brad Friedman from bradblog.com, Fox News may be in trouble. No, really, may be in real trouble this time. Now, don't worry, I'm not going to put you through that litany of on-air, evidence-free lies about election fraud in the 2020 election from Fox News hosts like Sean Hannity and Laura Ingram and Maria Bartiromo, much less uh, Janine Pirro, Lou Dobbs, and their frequent guests like Trump attorney Sidney Powell and Rudy Giuliani or Trump's disgraced former national security advisor Michael Flynn. God forbid, pillow guy, Mike Lindell, as I realize I subjected you all to in that montage on yesterday's broadcast. My apologies. But hopefully by now you are very well familiar with all of the litany of lies that all of them told on air following the 2020 election, playing along with what we have since learned that they all knew at the time were lies. At least most of the Fox News hosts did, or at least that's what they seemed to be telling each other via texts and private emails when they were both panicking about all of the lies being told on their air about fraud in the 2020 election. And expressing concerns that if they didn't tell those lies to their viewers, they would the viewers would keep turning away to the even farther right wing news outlets like Newsmax and OAN, which seemingly had zero concerns about lying to viewers, lying them into a froth that would eventually culminate in a deadly attack on the U.S. Capitol on January 6, 2021, based on completely bogus claims of election fraud. According to the partially redacted 192-page motion uh, for summary judgment filed by Dominion Voting Systems in their $1.6 billion defamation lawsuit against Fox News, quote, the words of multiple Fox employees provide overwhelming direct evidence of actual Malice, including admissions from those employees proving that, quote, Fox employees knew at the time that these claims and the guests promoting them were, quote, ludicrous and, quote, totally off the rails. That, according to Tucker Carlson, effing lunatics, according to Sean Hannity, describing the very people that Fox was repeatedly featuring on air. They were described as, quote, nuts by former White House press secretary turned Fox host Dana Perino, quote, mind blowingly nuts in all caps, said Raj Shah, a Fox Corporation senior vice president, quote, Complete BS. That, according to Lou Dobbs's producer John Fawcett, even as Dobbs was one of the one of uh, Fox's biggest promoters of this evidence-free nonsense, which is particularly sad, given that Dobbs was once a responsible-ish financial uh, reporter on other news outlets like CNN where actually he presented a series of very credible reports on the concerns of electronic voting and tabulation systems many years ago. Even the uh, now uh, kooky, if also formerly respected financial reporter Maria Bartiromo herself described a source of her frequent guest, Sidney Powell, to be, quote, kooky. Well, what was Bartiromo referring to specifically? According to Dominion's filing, quote, on Sunday, November 8th of 2020, so the first Sunday after the election, Bartiromo hosted Sidney Powell on her Sunday morning show where Powell claimed that Dominion software had an algorithm used as part of a, quote, massive and coordinated effort to steal this election from Trump. Bartiromo said she knew there were irregularities and asked Powell to tell her about them, knowing that she would respond with a litany of conspiracy theories, evidence-free conspiracies about the Dominion Voting System Company. Now, Bartiromo knew that because the day before, on November 7, when Bartiromo had asked Powell where where her evidence was coming from, Powell uh, forwarded to her, both her and Lou Dobbs, an email entitled Election Fraud Info. It came from a so-called source of Powell's who described herself as, quote, pretty wackadoodle. As she described Dominion voting systems as, quote, one common thread in the voting irregularities in a number of states. This source also claimed that the uh, in the same email that Justice Antonin Scalia, quote, was purposely killed at the annual Bohemian Grove camp during a week long human hunting expedition. Also, she said this source that former Fox News CEO Roger Ailes, who had died three years earlier in 2017, and Rupert Murdoch, the owner of Fox, quote, secretly huddled most days to determine how best to portray Mr. Trump as badly as possible. The author of Powell's emails, her source on these fraud claims, which she sent to both Bartiromo and Dobbs, Uh, Apparently before they thought it appropriate to invite Sidney Powell on to talk about it all, that source uh, continued, quote, Who am I and how do I know all of this? I've had the strangest dreams since I was a little girl. She said I was internally decapitated and yet I live. The wind tells me I'm a ghost. But I don't believe it. Well, that sounds legit. No wonder they wanted to have her on. They couldn't wait to have Sidney Powell on the show to talk about that critical evidence from that uh, critical source about the presidential election being stolen. According to Dominion, Bartiromo agreed at her deposition that that email was, quote, nonsense and inherently unreliable. Yet both her and Dobbs. Had Powell on the show anyway and never reported on the existence of that particular email or the source of Powell's claims or that Trump's own senior advisor and son-in-law, Jared Kushner, had rejected those allegations as conspiracies. Nonetheless, Fox hosts gave all of these claims credibility as Tucker Carlson, while calling the claims, quote, absurd, was nonetheless worried That the Fox audience was fleeing to other right wing networks and stock prices at Fox were plummeting after they had been uh, the first network to correctly call the state of Arizona for Joe Biden. There is, of course, much more on all of this, of course, as we also noted yesterday, attorneys for the far right cable giant argued in a counterclaim that Dominion's lawsuit is an assault on the First Amendment. And that they are being punished for, quote, reporting on one of the biggest stories of the day, allegations by the sitting president of the United States and his surrogates that the 2020 election was affected by fraud. Fox attorneys note that, quote, freedom of speech and freedom of the press would be illusory if the prevailing side in a public controversy could sue the press for giving a forum to the losing side. But Dominion's attorneys note that, quote, privately, Fox hosts and executives knew that Donald Trump lost the election and that he needed to concede. But Fox viewers heard a different story repeatedly. The judge will now decide whether either side here is entitled to summary judgment without a trial. Otherwise, the trial is set to begin in April. Joining us now is someone who has been watching Fox News for a very long time and may have a thought or two on all of this. Angelo Carasone is chair and president of the longtime indispensable nonprofit media watchdog Media Matters for America. He is an authority on right wing extremism and a longtime prolific organizer taking on major corporations and crucially organizing the advertiser pressure campaigns that eventually resulted in the removal of folks like Glenn Beck and Bill O'Reilly from Fox News. Yes, actual cancel culture. The good kind, in my opinion, Angelo Carasone. It has been a very long time, uh, but welcome to the broadcast, sir. Thank you.
3: Thank you for having me. It really has.
0: I uh, I know that you and I both have been uh, following the uh, fake news outfit that calls itself Fox for many years now. We've we've known them to be liars on just about everything. What, if anything, Angelo, is different about Fox and this uh, Dominion motion for summary judgment last week than all of the other times, all of the other many lies, uh, you know, that we've known about regarding Fox for so many years now? Is there something different here than in the past as you see it?
3: Yeah, I think a couple of things. And, uh, one is the scale. Um, there's mm. a lot of evidence. This isn't so uh, I give a, for instance, um about 12 years ago, mm-hmm. there was uh, after significant effort, Media Matters had been a part of this um, to get some leaked documentation from Fox News proving that they lied. Because back then, it was it wasn't actually conventional wisdom; it wasn't widely accepted. Mm-hmm. There were two emails, just two, uh-huh. two internal documents, after almost an eight month of, of investigation, that um, demonstrated that Fox producer, a senior Fox executive was instructing Fox producers to lie, literally misinform about the temperature record because it suggested that climate change is real. Mm-hmm. And so, and that was just it, just two emails. And it was explosive. <laughs> right. I mean, it was such a big deal when it came out because it was like the first concrete piece of evidence that, like, that it was being engineered at the top. Mm-hmm. And the reason, so why I contrast that with this is that that was two messages. Mm-hmm. This is this is. Significantly more than that, yeah um, you know, this is two hundred pages of documentation that just references a, a, a fairly large you know body of evidence underneath it, so mm. is the scale, and it goes all the way to the top here in that case, it was a senior producer. Here we have Rupert Murdoch himself engaging in you know either tacit approval, knowingly allowing this stuff to go forward, or even directing Fox personnel and Fox executives to do. Similar types of partisan political work. So, so that's the first thing. Is mm-hmm. that I just think the sheer body of it is it's incontrovertible,
1: mm-hmm.
3: um, and that means that in the so what of that is not the public perception side of it, although that that's important. It actually is that it, it will necessarily shape the behavior of others because it means that it isn't up for debate anymore. Um, what what's being said about Fox, and so if you're say an advertiser or a cable company or even the president who didn't do the Fox News interview, mm-hmm. I would point out, before the Super Bowl, something that had always been part of the discourse.
1: All right. um, it yeah. just
3: changes, the, it gives more space for others. So the scale, the fact that it's incontrovertible, and then the third thing I would say is $1.6 billion. <laughs> right. um, that, that is a difference maker as well, because the reality is that the, the, the evidence here is so overwhelming that even if it goes to trial, because it's, it's pretty high to get a motion for summary judgment in these cases. Let's even say it goes trial. It's the evidence is so stacked against Fox right now that it's unlikely that they succeed. Well, um, and yeah,
0: it, no. It, well, it certainly seems like it. And I got to wonder. Yeah. You know. I, I've I've seen a lot of coverage. I'm happy to see that there's been a lot of coverage about this uh, in, in the corporate media. Um, yeah. But they uh, sort of report on it as, uh, look at this, shocking. What a surprise. Who knew? And I'm looking at this and it's like, well, not, none of this is surprising at all. Is it me?
3: <laughs> I, no, it shouldn't be. <laughs> you know, their own behavior, I think, has been part of the problem, right? Uh-huh. Is that for, for so long, the corporate media and the commercial media has, has sort of, has given Fox News a pass. And, I, and here's the thought experiment I, I often give to people, which is that if a news entity came, emerged tomorrow, if an, an entity emerged tomorrow mm-hmm. that did every single thing that Fox News did, every single thing was right. exactly the same, it just had a different name and was brand new,
1: mm-hmm. it would
3: not be taken seriously by a single player, right. both in the news media, in the political world. It wouldn't matter. And that's because it would be considered disreputable, discredited, dangerous, to extreme. But somehow Fox News gets grandfathered in, yep, because for so long the commercial media sort of enabled Fox. yeah. um I remember back in two thousand and nine when the Obama administration suggested that Fox News was biased, the yes. White House press corps you know attacked the administration, yeah, that it was an assault on press. And all they did was suggest that Fox News was being biased, right. So, You know, a lot is that they've helped – they've actually enabled Fox News in a way Mm -hmm. um, by treating them as anything other than the partisan political operation that we all sort of know they are. So in a way, they kind of – not only have to feign it, but I do think that it speaks to what I was saying earlier, that what's presented here is so incontrovertible that even the enablers can't engage in the type of (laughs) enabling or even just silence – uh, that they previously have
0: been for, well, for too long I, Yeah, I mean, and it's about time And so, you know, to see this pearl clutching Oh, oh my, look what uh, Fox Was really <laughs> saying behind the scenes You know, I, I've been, and as have you You know, been covering them for years I have. N- I don't believe I have ever written the words Fox News without putting the word News in quotes when I'm reporting on it uh, yep. You know, when I'm mentioning that Because it is not news, it is fake news It is the original yeah. fake news And uh, yet the Legitimate, non Right wing news uh, is it's only sort of coming through to them now, it, it kind of feels like. And I got to say the, the uh I appreciate the chutzpah of the uh, Fox News response here in their argument that uh, coverage of Donald Trump's claims were uh, were newsworthy. Despite being false, yeah. they charge that Dominion has, quote, mischaracterized the record and, quote, cherry picked quotes, stripped out of key context. Uh, Angelo. Isn't that sort of exactly Fox's actual business
3: model? Yeah, of course. And I thought that that was especially so. One, you know, the the level of just hypocrisy there, because that's literally what they do all the time:
1: mm-hmm.
3: um, is selective editing, you know, heavy manipulation. Um, uh, that so that's the first layer. But there's another layer on this that's, that's actually especially rich, which is that as they argue themse- uh, the, the, the importance of free speech and. How this would destroy free speech, even though it's you know real like, industrial scale defamation is not free speech. That's why the standard is so high. You have to show that it was knowingly done. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, but even so, while they defended free speech, they said this is like they, had, they they should win by default on free speech. Lachlan Murdoch is suing one of the few, and I genuinely mean few, because like the Murdochs own like eighty or seventy to eighty percent of all the media in Australia that lachlan murdoch is suing one of the only independent news outlets in australia for writing one article <laughs> that criticized him and fox news over january six saying essentially that because fox helped perpetuate the election denial lies that they were partly responsible for what took place on january six lachlan murdoch is, is literally suing one of the only independent news outlets in australia for making that argument And so I think the idea that not only is it hypocritical because that's their business model, but on top of that, to argue free speech while simultaneously being one of the biggest destroyers of free speech (laughs) is truly rich.
0: It is. And I mean, there is an argument to be made uh, for the First Amendment, just, you know, sort of taking fox out of it. Um, After all, the president of the United States was making these extraordinary claims, uh, you know, that a a presidential election had been stolen through fraud. And they were simply, they claim, simply reporting on what he and his supporters, his attorneys, in fact, were claiming. Uh, Isn't that news? Isn't that protected by First Amendment,
3: uh, Angelo? It is. And if if that's what they did, I think that we wouldn't be having this conversation. But what did they do, right? as you see it? What they did is one step further than that. What they did is make very specific claims about Dominion. So they didn't say, oh, the president is claiming Mm -hmm. that the election was stolen. The president is claiming that somehow there was manipulation in the tabulation. No, what they claimed repeatedly Mm -hmm. over and over and over again, despite the fact that Dominion was literally sending them messages at the time saying, hey, that claim's not true, that's not true, despite the fact that they knew otherwise, they were claiming that specific Dominion machines Mm -hmm. in specific states were switching votes to support Donald Trump. In effect, what they were doing was manufacturing evidence to support the claims that President Trump was making. And that's where the difference is. The difference is not that they were covering a controversy. Everybody was talking about Trump's ridiculous claims at the time,
1: Mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm.
3: No one is saying that they shouldn't have done reporting or discussion about or anything like that. What the issue is here is that they were claiming very specific things about Dominion's role in all of this. They Mm -hmm. were going well above and beyond, in a way, what Trump was doing, and they knew better. That's the difference here. I'm pretty much a free—I'm pretty strong on the free speech stuff. I feel very passionately about that. Um, But I don't think this is an erosion of free speech. I, I think in this case it's very different, and their defense here doesn't really hold water.
0: As uh, someone who has focused for years on the advertisers uh, for outlets like Fox, uh, the Dominion yeah. brief seems to suggest that a big concern in all of this was Mike Lindell, the owner of the oh, yeah. uh, My Pillow outfit, apparently the—and uh, I didn't know this—the single largest— Advertiser on Fox and at, yeah. uh, at least he was at the time He's a huge, yep. obviously huge Proponent of all of Trump's election Fraud claims. He was criticizing Fox News during appearances on Other uh, rival fake News outlets like Newsmax uh, After the election and uh, Quote, Fox executives Exchanged worried emails about Alienating him and sending him A gift along with a handwritten Note from uh, Fox News Media CEO Suzanne scott according to dominion's brief does one guy one advertiser at fox angela Carasone, really have enough sway to essentially control the entire channel's news coverage of the biggest news story of the day for weeks and weeks on end are they yeah, that are they yeah, that reliant
3: did. on him yes yeah, but i and i think the dirty secret here about fox is two things one They don't really need commercials they're the only commercial tv company that actually doesn't need it they could have zero dollars in ad revenue and they still have a 90 percent profit margin because they're they sort of they sort of fleece every cable customer in the country to paying them a very very high fee even Ah. if they never watch fox Ah. but beyond that to your question specifically here's why that it mattered so much because of all the advertiser exodus because handy ingram had lost advertisers tucker had lost advertisers over the last couple of years, I mean, real significant ad losses. Mm-hmm. When it came to prime time, which in theory should be your biggest money makers because it's your biggest, it's your biggest um, viewership, they didn't actually have very substantial advertising base So, for example, during this exact time period, almost fifty percent of all of Tucker Carlson's ad re- inventory was mm-hmm. My Pillow ads.
0: Wow, really?
3: And that—that that is the the biggest show on cable news. Yeah. Was one guy half. <laughs> yes. and so they literally couldn't have filled the space with with ad. They didn't have enough ads in the inventory uh-huh. to fill the space. I mean, that's how significant it was for their prime time. So in a way, part of his influence is not the you know the the hundred plus million dollars, you know, the almost eight to ten percent of their entire ad revenue that he was that Lindell was responsible for, mm-hmm. but that in, he was also disproportionately responsible for sort of filling in the gaps and right. advertising on their primetime shirt. now I, that
0: yeah. mattered. And and, and as uh, someone who has worked specifically to encourage advertisers to leave Fox, I believe, what, what kind of damage... Well, what kind of damage would a $1.6 billion penalty actually do to the company? I realize it is a lot of money, but yeah. in a company that size, uh, is it a, uh, you know, ultimately pocket change to a billionaire like Rupert Murdoch and a company the size of Fox? And don't they have insurance for such things? I mean, is this actually even if they're found uh, guilty, the full $1.6 billion, will it actually end up hurting them at all, uh, even in a worst case scenario, Angela?
3: Yeah, so I'm pretty, I'm pretty reasonable about these things, and I'm not, I'm not trying to be a downer. It's definitely an important question to ask. Um, it, it'll hurt them in a couple ways. You're right. It's, it's, they have so much money and so much cash on hand mm-hmm. that it, uh, it, it if, they, if it was just about the $1.6 billion, yeah. they would survive it, probably. It would be really harmful. It would hurt, mm-hmm. but they would survive it. But it's bigger in a couple ways. Number one, I think it was... So Fox News and News Corp, the two companies owned by the Murdochs were yep. on a glide path to remerging. Um, that deal is no longer happening mm. because of this tri- trial. It no longer became financially viable. Um, so, one, it stopped a massive consolidation. And why I think that's significant is that the next step would have been to make another run at buying CNN, uh, and I think they mm. would have been successful this time. So, really? I think one, I, I do, and I think so. One, I think at minimum, it sort of puts up some some roadblocks to additional acquisitions by the Murdochs. The second reason, though, that I think a judgment or settlement, or even the case itself is significant, is here's why. It's not just going to end at the $1.6 billion. Because what would end up happening is that shareholders themselves would then begin to sue for breach of fiduciary duty. Mm. Because it's very apparent that the Murdochs made misrepresentations about the nature of this litigation for quite some time, and they're obligated to sort of be honest uh, to some extent with their, with their shareholders. It, it, so they made some misrepresentations as probably going to get them in hot water. They did not maximize value here. They clearly were breaching fiduciary duty by not looking around the bend. Um, mm. So and, and the Murdoch's themselves actually have a history of losing these shareholder litigate for losses. Part of the reason that most people don't know that they've been sued a bunch by shareholders mm. is that the Murdoch's have a... Sort of this reflex of suing very of settling with shareholders very quickly Uh because of the precarious way in which they control the company. They don't actually have enough shares to. They're not like Zuckerberg, Uh where he controls the company no matter what. They actually have to play a little bit of a dance. They only have about thirty ish percent of uh, of the stake, so they still have to keep some pretty big players in the sort of happy Mm -hmm. in order to make sure they always have functional control of this property. And so all that's to say, losing this is losing a lot of money. It's going to dip into their acquisition uh, capabilities. But more importantly, the significance will have a cascade because it will set them up for additional litigation that will compound the problem. They won't be able to sustain that from a financial perspective. It puts control of the company in jeopardy. Um, It really does. (laughs) And the other thing is that it's going to weaken their argument as they go through these fights with cable companies. And we saw how powerful that was with American News. Mm -hmm. It actually gives cable companies, which is the real source of their revenue, the ammunition they've been waiting for to say, you know what, we're not going to increase our rates this year, and you're going to take it. Mm. Um, And the Murdochs actually, Fox News can't survive unless they not just maintain their current inflated fees, Mm -hmm. but they actually need to increase them quite significantly over the next couple years to make up for their reduced advertising revenue. So. That's how this sort of fits in. It's sort of like a Jenga puzzle. Like, <laughs> yes. it, 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 you know, pulling one block doesn't, is not going to topple it down. Yeah. But it's certainly going to make it a lot more vulnerable to toppling. Um, And this one is a pretty key part of that piece. Just the tiniest little breeze will probably knock the rest
0: of it over. Fascinating. And don't forget, there's also another defamation case uh, filed by a rival voting system vendor, Smartmatic, who, based in no small part on a crazy, on crazy misinterpretations of my own exclusive reporting years ago at Bradblog.com, Fox continually and falsely claimed that Smartmatic (laughs) was owned by Dominion. It's totally false. So easy to fact check. But they didn't. They just, you know, they lie without regard for uh, fear of consequences, apparently, because I guess they've gotten away with it so long. Uh, A- Angela, before I let you go, I- I'm uh, so uh, I'm not being uh, too kind when I describe Maria Bartiromo and Lou Dobbs as previously respectable financial reporters, right? I know you've been watching them uh, both for years. As an expert in right-wing extremism, can you explain in, oh, 30 seconds or so, what the hell happened to these people and i know how <laughs> they
3: got fully red-pilled yeah i mean they went really deep really fast they got deep really fast you know Maria de Bartiromo was pulled over from cnbc by roger ailes he helped sort of build her original mm-hmm. career when yeah. he was in, a, in sort of a more professionalized version of himself and uh and so she really just became sort of a, an avatar for his worst sort of most distilled ideas um and uh, and Lou Dobbs increasing, you know, the immigration process very much moved him down mm. a, rad, a red pill rabbit hole. He kind of bought into this idea of the Great Replacement Theory, um, and that, oh. of course, colored his entire world view.
0: Even though he's married to a Mexican immigrant, as yes. I recall... <laughs> It's just amazing how easy it apparently is to uh, make otherwise respectable people be clown themselves on the right. It really is amazing. Angelo, great catching up with you. Angelo Carison is the president and CEO of Media Matters for America. You can find their work, of course, at MediaMatters.org. And they are on the Twitters still, I believe, at MMFA. You can follow Angelo himself on the Twitters at go. Angelo Angelo Carazon, thank you so much for joining us. Look forward to doing it not quite as long in the future this time. Yeah. Thank you, brother. Thank you. Okay. Uh, it really is easy, Desi Doyen, to play. <laughs> I, I, you know, Siri, it, not just um, for these right-wingers like Lou Dobbs and, and, and to to just go down the rabbit hole, but it is so easy to trick people on the right, apparently, to believe anything. Just yes, absolutely anything.
2: They really, really want to believe it. And I think that that is what makes them the most vulnerable to that kind of deception.
0: Incurious dupes who, you know, uh, don't even need any evidence to just tell them something and apparently they'll believe it. And there are, uh, unfortunately, sadly, a lot of folks like that on the left, too.
2: Yeah, I think tribalism but, has a lot to yeah, do with it. You yeah. know that, oh, the person who is in my tribe is saying this. So therefore, I have to say that I will say the same thing, regardless of whether it's true or not.
0: That's why I always tell people don't believe a word I say.
2: <laughs> Check I'm it out. Not first. to
0: be trusted. That's right. All right. Uh, let's see. Oh, let's get to a quick break and we'll come back with Desi Doyen and our 14th anniversary. <laughs> what? 14th anniversary Green News Report. Straight ahead on the broadcast. I'm Brad Friedman. Okay, Desi Doyen, last month at the Bradblog, at bradblog.com, we celebrated our 19th anniversary, meaning we are now in our 20th year of troublemaking and muckraking at bradblog.com. And now this month, today, in fact, we celebrate our 14th anniversary of the Green News Report, which means we are in our 15th (laughs) year of doing that. Yep. Which I'm uh, very proud of because we have made it all of those years based only on listener and reader support. We don't yeah. have, you know, the Coke Network sell- sending us billions of dollars. We don't have uh, a president of the United States going on Twitter and, and uh, b- promoting what we do and uh, telling people to give us millions of dollars. Like
2: James O'Keefe, now resigned yeah. from Project Veritas, yeah. who made $20 million?
0: Yeah, well, that was... Last year, their last filing in 2021, they had $20 million. Yeah. Unbelievable. Anyway, uh, the reason we're still here is thanks to you and your 5 or $10 donations at bradblog.com. All greatly appreciated, as noted on our latest Green News Report.
3: The impact of rising seas is already creating new sources of instability and conflict.
2: SEA LEVEL RISE SET TO DISPLACE NEARLY A BILLION PEOPLE IN COMING DECADES, U.N. WARNS. ICE COVERAGE OF THE GREAT LAKES HITS RECORD LOW. Plus, Biden-EPA restores limits on toxic mercury pollution rolled back by Trump. All of those stories and more straight
0: ahead from Bradblog.com. I'm Brad Friedman.
2: And I'm Desi Doyen.
0: Stand by for six minutes of independent green news, politics, analysis, and snarky comment.
2: Ohio officials
0: are trying to get folks to come back home, reassuring residents that the air in East Palestine remains safe to breathe. Yes, pay no attention to your lying lungs. The tingling means the air is working. <laughs> this is your 14th anniversary Green News Report.
1: Gonna soak up the sun.
0: Okay, Desi Doyen, happy 14th anniversary of the Green News Report.
2: Thank you to you, too.
0: Now beginning our 15th year of connecting the climate crisis dots in a way that really no one else in the nation over our public airwaves has done consistently for 14 years now. By the way, 100% listener-supported. Congratulations to you, Desiree.
2: Thank you, and to you as well. Thank you. Now on to the news. Okay. A series of new studies warn of the long-term destabilizing impacts of rising sea levels. Data compiled by the World Meteorological Organization shows global sea levels have risen faster on average since the year 1900 than in any century in the past 3,000 years. A new study warns previous projections of sea level rise underestimate the risk, finding that twice as much land in developing nations will be inundated by rising seas than previously predicted.
0: Not good, although scientists have been underestimating all of these problems for, oh, I don't know, at least 14 years.
2: United Nations Secretary General Antonio Guterres told the U.N. Security Council late last week that the rate of sea level rise itself is accelerating and warned of widespread impacts including saltwater intrusion contaminating drinking water supplies. A terrorist called rising seas a threat multiplier that will disrupt and destabilize global society. He said, unless there is an organized international effort to get ahead of the problem, one in ten people could be driven from their homes in coming decades.
3: The consequences of all of these are unthinkable. Low lying communities and the entire countries could disappear forever, and we would see ever fiercer competition for fresh water, land and other resources.
2: A different study in Nature Communications Warns that in a moderate Emission scenario, sea levels Will continue rising through at least 2150 and likely Thereafter due to the delayed Response of the massive Greenland And Antarctic ice sheets At the current rate, global average sea levels Are likely to rise by 3 to 5 Feet by 2100 mm. The researchers conclude that Because of humanity's delay in Cutting fossil fuel use Even if governments achieve their promise. Emissions cuts under the U.N. Paris Agreement, quote, it would be insufficient to slow down the rate of global sea level rise. An
0: average of three to five feet by the end of the century.
2: Yep. In other news, widespread devastation in Brazil's Sao Paulo, which was hit with record rainfall of nearly 24 inches in a single day, which triggered deadly flooding and landslides that have destroyed at least 50 homes and killed at least 36 people.
0: You would think after 14 years I would no longer be surprised by these kind of stories. Amazing.
2: Several cities in the region have canceled their carnival festival, a major source of tourism revenue.
0: I guess they have.
2: In the Great Lakes, a new study confirms that ice extent on all of the Great Lakes has hit a record low, even though we are now supposed to be at the peak of ice season. The historical average for mid-February is at least 40 percent ice coverage on the lakes, but currently it's only 6 percent. According to NOAA data, ice on the Great Lakes altogether has declined 71 percent since the 1970s. Meanwhile, taxpayers are funding the fossil fuel industry's destruction. Bloomberg News reports that even as the world's governments are taking action to cut fossil fuel use in the future, governments last year gave a record $1 trillion in taxpayer subsidies to the fossil fuel industry, the main driver of climate change. Combined government subsidies for oil, natural gas, electricity and coal hit an all-time high in 2022, even as soaring energy prices continue. Contributed to crippling inflation.
0: And even as the fossil fuel companies enjoyed record profits last year.
2: Finally, some good news for things that breathe. The Biden EPA has reinstated Obama era regulations limiting toxic mercury pollution from coal fired power plants that had been stripped away by the Trump administration. Mercury pollution from power plants is a potent neurotoxin that damages brain development in babies and children and causes heart disease in adults.
0: Well, there you go. After 14 years, one positive story. <laughs> I'll take it. For much more on all of these stories and the ones we couldn't get to today, check out our website at greennews.bradblog.com. I'm Brad Friedman.
2: And I'm Desi Doyan.
0: And this has been your 14th anniversary Green News Report. I'm
1: going to so
0: Rock on, Desi Doyle. Rock on, indeed. Uh, and by the way, just to make clear, uh, though I said there was only one piece of good news after 14 years, there's actually a whole lot of really good news in this space, in the environmental uh, what do we call it?
2: Green news, energy, politics, all yeah, of that. a yes. lot of
0: really good and yes. encouraging news.
2: We are not able to cover it all in our six minutes, but we do hope that people get out there and realize that there's a lot of good that's being done and it is uh, the tide is turning. Plus,
0: Desi likes to focus on the really... If it bleeds, it leads, as far <laughs> as Desi's concerned. In Green <laughs> not news true,
2: Report. not true. But people do need to understand that the impacts are intensifying and accelerating, and they need to be ready the, to, to understand that... Times are changing. The weather is changing. You got to be ready.
0: Thank you very much. See, I was feeling good about that last good news story. <laughs> now you ruined it all ah, as sorry. usual. Anyway, that's what I do. You. That is what you do. Thanks to our producer, Desi and That is what she does. Thanks also to my guest today, Angelo Carasone of Media Matters for America. And to all of you for spending a portion of your day or night with us. If you missed anything. Any portion of today's program or any other we've ever done, you can download all of them for free at bradblog.com. All made possible by those of you who stop by bradblog.com slash donate. Thank you. Drop me email if you like. I'm bradcast at bradblog.com. And on the Facebooks, Twitters, and Amazons, you will find me at the TheBradBlog. And you will find Desi Doyen at Green News Report.
2: Yes, please.
0: That's it. Uh, We will see you at all of the above until we see you here next time, hopefully tomorrow. I'm Brad Friedman. Good luck, world.